series of the trauma healing learnings based on one mom's journal entries recorded in real time from a catastrophic event with her son that you've been listening to in the blink of an eye story. Episode 27, No Time for Tears, Trauma Healing Learnings. Listening to Archer's young high school friends describe their experiences seeing him in the ICU, and even looking back at my own maelstrom of emotions, opens a wider lens perspective on the many faces of trauma, including secondary trauma. And tears are the expression of the many faces of emotion. When is the time for tears? When is the time for trauma healing? You've just heard in the companion episode 27, No Time for Tears, the many different reasons for why we may not cry, and many noble reasons included. We also know that tears are cleansing. What are your views of tears? My experience with tears, I mean my own and others, is that they convey a wide terrain of emotion, ranging from frustration to sadness to grief to gratitude, to joy, and to belly laughter. Tears, powerful sources of communication and part of the joy of being human. But have you ever thought about how tears might be more than an expression of emotion? Have you ever thought about tears as an important language of the body. That tears are the way the body expresses how it is feeling. <laughs> we know that trauma impacts our lives and stays stored in our bodies, right? Well, trauma healing invites us to pay close attention to our bodies. That's why we want to make a time and a place for tears, to welcome them as they allow us in to see what it's like on the inside. We want to open that door so we can explore the house, so to speak, so we can live holy again after we have endured traumatic events. The beautiful truth is that trauma healing is possible. When you might ask, and you might say, I can't stop crying. Or you might say, I just break down at unexpected times. Or you might say, I never cry. While the time and the place for tears is quite contextual, the time and place for healing trauma is now. With awareness of the breath and awareness of tears 
inside that you are holding back that want to be released. Or maybe they are frozen. It takes a lot of energy to keep things hidden. And tears are no different. They are the energy of the body looking for expression. And some things, when hidden for so long, get forgotten, even though they haven't gone away. They're just, shall we say, locked in the basement. They're still occupying room in your house. The breath always brings us life. And when we pay attention to our breath and follow our breath, it brings us home on the inside. And even to the basement when we allow it. What is going on on the inside for you, inside your house? We don't have to wait until the height of the trauma event has passed to experience some relief and some healing integration. Oh, the breath. It is really quite healing. And so are tears. And we have other restorative techniques available to us as well, even when we are in the midst of feeling overwhelmed. You might be familiar with one of my favorite modalities called tapping or emotional freedom technique. It's premised on the belief that the body stores the emotional experience in the tissue. Remember how in our companion episode, I relied on tapping? It was very useful, even in the first week of Archer's catastrophic injury, when I was overwhelmed and beginning to feel at odds with the medical staff. Now, back then, I had no idea about integrating my trauma. I was still in my trauma. And in our story, I have a long way to go. And we'll do that together as I share with you the nuances and the holy glimmers I was given, even in the moment that allowed me to advocate fiercely and also to soften my stance with some kindness to myself and to others. We need both for crisis management and integration to live wholly again. So stay tuned. But when I used tapping, I did know that through certain movements, we can slowly release the negative energy by restoring a balance to the energy system of the body. I had the awareness of many bodily cues that I had an electrical, like an electrical power station of negative energy pulsating through my body on day five. And tapping helped. You might try tapping too, anytime, all day long. It works like acupuncture. 
by focusing on the meridian points of the body, where your energy flows, where energy is stored in your body, and where energy might get trapped. It provides an on-the-spot rebalancing, and it can really help when you combine the mental thought, I accept myself. If you are in the midst of trauma right now, just tap gently on that part of your body where your overwhelm resides or your fear. If it's your heart, tap gently on your chest and tell yourself, my heart might be breaking, but I completely accept myself. Or if you feel your burden is just too heavy, close your eyes and tap your arms and say, I completely accept myself. The longer journey of being restored to living in balance daily, moving with ease and grace and freedom without being held back or burdened by our past traumas that we have endured is just that, a longer journey. And during that journey, we probably clean our house, so to speak, many times. But the really deep clean, you know, that deeper trauma healing clean is often best attempted after we have lessened the intensity of the trauma experience, whether it is our own trauma or the trauma of another that impacts us as if it were our own. That is where tears come in to let off some of that energy on the inside. And that is why breath work and tapping can really help us along too to rebalance as we are holding it together. Integration work, it's a long and ongoing process. And it is often best to attempt the deeper work of trauma healing after we have been holding it together for a while or been propped up for a while, maybe until we collapse and have to do the deeper work to stay alive. But it doesn't have to be that way for most of us. For those of you who have been holding it together for a while, a good time to begin deeper work of trauma healing is when you feel strong enough to go back and review your deep loss. Yes, going back to it, but from a safe distance where you have a better view and can make sense of the changes in your life and in you. That takes some time to have enough distance from the trauma experience itself, maybe years, but you will know when. 
you will feel the courage to do the look back, knowing you might get a little ensnared again, but it will not be the same as the old days or the old decades when your body reacted in ways related to the original trauma wounding because it never metabolized the events to be able to tell the difference between the trauma and just another triggering event that had nothing to do at all with the original trauma. Tears and breath work and tapping and other ways of releasing the negative energy in our bodies that help us as we go are wonderful and tide us along until we are ready for a deeper look. And when we do that deeper look, oh, we still breathe and cry and tap. And we have other healing processes as well for that journey. But when you begin that journey, you look deep inside your house and you begin to make sense of your whole life, finding new purpose and meaning as you metabolize what harmed you and wounded you. Take the good from it and discharge what no longer serves you. There is a time and a place to hold it together when you feel bamboozled, lost, and upside down. And if you have had a time when you held it together, good job. It's nearly impossible to do integration work when you are in the throes of holding it together. So don't beat yourself up as you look back and you were just barely holding it together. You did a good job if you held it together. You did. I did too. As I tell you this five plus years after the Archer crisis. And I also had times when I fell apart and I kept it together too. It was not a but. It was an and. <laughs> we can acknowledge and celebrate that. And tears and frustration and anger and tenderness and compassion were all part of it. It's likely, though, that the shock of trauma for me had gone underground, so to speak, to my basement, I guess you could say, so that I could just get by, complicated as it all was. You might consider that was similar for you too. The overwhelm emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, and socially is so huge in the trauma experience that you just do what you can and keep it under wraps because it's big energy. It's got to go somewhere. If you've been on overdrive or maybe numbed out just to get by, that's okay. Yes, while life is falling apart, it can be a valuable decision or skill set to be able to hold it together. 
even if it is just a band-aid or partially artificial. That might surprise you, huh, that I say that? Well, the ability of the human person to march forward and hold it together is part of the intelligence of our bodies. Indeed, it's the miraculous part of how we are wired, how we are created to not break down and become totally dysfunctional when faced with great adversity. The human body remains a mystery, very complicated, delicate, resilient, and awe-inspiring, and hardwired by the drive to stay alive. So trauma happens. Unexpected, horrific, overwhelming events, they happen. And yes, we fight. Yes, we run and hide. Yes, we collapse. Yes, we freeze. Our bodies do all these things to protect us. But after that initial bodily reaction, we usually pick ourselves up and move forward, don't we? Human beings don't usually fall apart. Not then. And you can see this is true in the animal kingdom as well. Why is that? Well, we are hardwired to survive. But there is more for us as humans. Because we are higher-ordered species than animals. Our human bodies are also wired to compartmentalize our trauma, shocking events, and deep catastrophic loss so that our cognitive thinking, where we analyze and make decisions, can be regained, preserving our ability to make moral decisions for how to live and live with others and not just survive. It's highly intelligent, actually, that our bodies protect us in these primitive ways. And we can thank our bodies for that. And <laughs> we can thank God for that. It's more than ingenious. And it's not the end of the story for understanding trauma. Because as human beings, it's just where we begin. So let's close and take a breath. Mm, the breath of life. So free, so good, so life-giving. And let us cry and let us wipe away our tears of grief and confusion and accept ourselves and celebrate the miraculous powers of our bodies to heal us. When we feel broken, remind us 
we are not broken. We are whole. We just need to rebalance and allow us to look around God and to look up at the divine source of all that is good and loving and say a prayer for ourselves. Help us connect with our goodness and the miraculous potential of your restorative healing manifested through our bodies. Allow us to feel that joyful realignment when we rebalance again and again. Let us live fully and let us live fully for others so that we can become and be the messengers of hope in the world. Amen. Life can change in the blink of an eye. Your life is so precious. Sending love. Hope for everything. Obtain everything. To hear the story behind these trauma healing learnings, tune in and listen to episode 27, No Time for Tears. This episode is sponsored by Baltimore Mediation. For 28 years, Baltimore Mediation has served clients worldwide by facilitating negotiation breakthroughs, believing in their capacity for meaningful face-to-face -face dialogue. You can learn more at BaltimoreMediation.com. You've been listening to Blink of an Eye. We ask that you share this with anyone who may need inspiration, a lift, or who may relate. Never miss an episode. Please subscribe via email on our site, blinkofaneyepodcast.com, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen.